Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and you can think of me as your friendly guide to the English language. We talk about writing, history, rules, and cool stuff. Today, I'm answering a couple of listener questions, and then I'll help you avoid embarrassing mistakes in all your holiday correspondence. I'll start with a quick answer to a question from Melissa about a pronunciation in last week's show. Hi, Mignon. It's Melissa. I am listening to your latest episode on the podcast, and you're talking about tag questions, and I'm actually an English teacher, and I've always called them tag questions, spelled T-A-G, but you call them tag questions, almost pronounced like T-E-G, tag questions, and I call them tag questions. What's the difference? Are they the same? Are we just both talking about the same thing? You just pronounce it differently, or I pronounce it differently? Um, Just wanted to clarify. Thanks, Mignon. Happy holidays. I love your podcast. (laughs) Thanks, Melissa. People comment on my pronunciation of words like this a lot. Craig from Wake Forest, North Carolina, called in about it a couple of years ago, and I actually did a whole segment about it back in 2018. I have a regional pronunciation that's most common in the Pacific Northwest of the United States and in Western Canada that linguists call the bag-bag merger. It means that when I talk about bagging my groceries and begging for mercy, the words sound the same. It's actually hard for me to say it the way you say it, bag bag? It it just feels weird. I don't know why people who live where I grew up pronounce beg-type words this way, but an interesting thing about it is that it only seems to happen before the letter G. So you hear it when I say aggravate, dragonfly, and now tag questions, which is the same thing you're talking about when you tell your students about them, but pronounced differently. Thanks for asking, and if anyone wants to know a little more about the bag-bag merger, you can check out episode 628 from July of 2018, and a related episode about the pin-pen merger, 612, from March of 2018, is interesting, too. Moving on to more questions, a few of you asked what I meant a couple of weeks ago when I said that the pronunciation of Berlin, Connecticut is a shibboleth. A shibboleth is a word or phrase you can use to identify someone who is or isn't part of your group. The word shibboleth itself was an old Hebrew word, meaning both ear of corn and flood or stream. The way we use it today in the in-group, out-group way comes from the biblical story of the Gileadites, who used the word to identify and kill Ephraimites. 
The Ephraimites couldn't pronounce the SH sound, so shibboleth came out sounding wrong, like sibboleth, making them instantly identifiable as they were trying to cross enemy lines. And militaries and mobs have used pronunciation differences many times over the years to identify enemies or outsiders. For example, in 1937, as many as 35,000 Haitian immigrants were killed in the Dominican Republic on the order of the dictator Rafael Trujillo in what's called the Parsley Massacre. Now, the story is ultimately unconfirmed, but it's called the Parsley Massacre because Dominicans and Haitians pronounce the word for parsley differently. And supposedly, the Dominican troops held up a piece of parsley and killed anyone who pronounced it the Haitian way. In a less violent example, just like people in Berlin, Connecticut, can identify an outsider when we call the city Berlin, when I lived in Nevada, when we heard people pronounce the state name Nevada, we knew they weren't locals. And Houston Street in New York is another one I've messed up in the past, pronouncing it like the Texas city Houston. Groups can also use shibboleths to help identify people who are in the same group in an under-the-radar sort of way. For example, members of Alcoholics Anonymous can refer to each other as Friends of Bill W., referring to the group's founder, Bill Wilson. Years ago, when I was on a cruise, I saw multiple evening meetings on the activity schedule for Friends of Bill W., and I didn't know what it was, so I thought, wow, this guy Bill must really be something to have his friends getting together so often. I actually wondered if it was part of a funeral or something. Ah, those poor people, they really miss their friend Bill. So that's a shibboleth. Any pronunciation, word, or phrase you can use to identify someone as part of some kind of group or class. If you're getting ready to write your holiday newsletter, cards, or invitations, I'm here to help you avoid some of the most common problems. Making names plural is one of the most common questions to come up around the holidays. Some names are easy, like Brown. You just add an S like you would to any common noun. The Browns invite you to dinner. B-R-O-W-N-S. But when you get to names that end in S, Z, C-H, S-H, and S-S, it gets trickier. Fortunately, the same rule applies for all these names. You add E-S to make them plural. The Joneses are coming for dinner. J-O-N-E-S-E-S. The Alvarezes always decorate their house beautifully. A-L-V-A-R-E-Z. E-S. The birches make the best cinnamon apple cake, B-I-R-C-H-E-S, and so on with the marshes and the besses. They both also end in E-S. People also sometimes wonder how to make names that end in Y or I plural, like my last name, Fogarty. They're both the same as those easy names, like Brown. You just add an S. So the Fogarty is meant to decorate their tree on Thanksgiving, but uh, didn't get around to it. F-O-G-A-R-T-Y-S, not I-E-S, as people are sometimes tempted to write. And the Aldis are making pasta with fish on Christmas Eve, A-L-D-I-S. And side note, both words of Christmas Eve are capitalized because it's a holiday. Next, remember you don't use an apostrophe to make names plural. You use an apostrophe to make names possessive, and when the name is already plural, you put an apostrophe on the end with no extra S. For example, let's say you went to visit the Alvarezes, and then you wanted to write to tell your mom about their wonderful house. To make Alvarezes possessive, you add an apostrophe to the end. So you'd write, Mom, you should have seen the Alvarez's house. A-L-V-A-R-E-Z-E-S apostrophe. Alvarez's, plural and possessive. 
Next, we've talked about this before, but compound possession can come up in invitations, so I'll go over it again. Imagine that Aardvark and Squiggly live in the same house, and they're inviting people over for dinner. The location you're inviting people to is Aardvark and Squiggly's house, with only one apostrophe S on Squiggly's, the last noun in the set. Because they share the house, they share one apostrophe S. Now, if Aardvark and Squiggly live in different houses, and they're having a progressive dinner where people go from one house to the next for different courses of a meal, then the location on the invitation would read Aardvark's and Squiggly's houses. They don't share the house, so they can't share an apostrophe S. Both names need an apostrophe S. Aardvark's and Squiggly's houses. Next, if you're writing an end-of-the-year letter, you might be interested in a bet that Laura and her husband John asked me to settle. Their question is how to write a salutation. Do you write something like, hi, comma, squiggly, or just hi, squiggly without a comma? It seems straightforward, but unfortunately it's not. Although most people seem to think hi is just a friendly substitute for dear, it's not. Dear is an adjective, but hi is an interjection, just like the words yes and oh. So technically, hi squiggly is a complete sentence that begins with an interjection, and an interjection at the beginning of a sentence is followed by a comma. So the correct way to write this is hi, comma, squiggly, period. You could also put an exclamation point at the end, depending on how excited you feel about the greeting. And this is also called the rule of direct address or the vocative comma. The problem is that almost nobody knows that greetings should be punctuated this way, so it looks weird when you do it right. In fact, it's extremely rare to see an email salutation that uses a comma after hi. I'm always torn about whether to use the comma. It is correct, but it feels pedantic given the widespread use of the incorrect alternative, especially when you're replying to someone who's already done it the quote-unquote wrong way. So use your own judgment. I usually put it in, but I do it grudgingly and mostly out of habit these days, and you'll be in good company if you leave it out. Finally, I mentioned already that Christmas Eve is capitalized, and I'll end with some other holiday-related words. Hanukkah is also capitalized, but it has multiple spellings. The AP Stylebook and the Chicago Manual of Style recommend H-A-N-U-K-K-A-H, so that's what I use. Yuletide and Christmas time are both one word and are both capitalized. New Year's Eve and New Year's Day are both capitalized and both have an apostrophe in the word years. New Year's resolution also has an apostrophe, but the word resolution is lowercase. And season's greetings also takes an apostrophe. And whatever holidays you celebrate, I hope they're happy. And finally, I have a family-like story from Sam. Hi, Mignon. My name is Sam, and there's a saying that my stepdad used to say to me when we were little. It was, me and all my sisters, all of us, it was kind of like a family joke. Um, he would say, your bunkery must be broken because it's got a crack in it. And bunkery in this case meant like, but, but I have never heard anybody else use that word. I assumed that it was, you know, he was from Boston and he had a heavy Boston accent and I assumed it was something there, but I Googled it. And, you know, if you Google other Boston phrases like bubbler for water fountain, like you can find out what it means, but bunkery is nowhere to be found. Um, so you can fall on your bunkery, you can bruise your bunkery and your bunkery must be broken because it's got a crack in it. Bye. Thanks, Sam. That's funny. 
If you want to call with the story of your family act, your family dialect, a word your family and only your family uses, you can leave a voicemail at 833214GIRL, and I might play it on the show. And if you have any holiday family act stories, now would be a great time to call with them. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. You can find articles that go with each podcast segment at my website, quickanddirtytips.com. Thanks to my audio engineer, Nathan Sams, and my editor, Adam Cecil, who's looking forward to using New York City's first dedicated curling facility. Our operations and editorial manager is Michelle Margulis, and our assistant manager is Emily Miller. Our marketing and publicity assistant is Davina Tomlin. That's all. Thanks for listening. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.